ready to grow your business by building relationships online and offline? Are you looking for a system to attract new prospects and nurture your past clients? Maybe you're a business owner, a sales professional, or an entrepreneur. If you are, then great. Join me, Janice Porter, as we blast past your barriers to success and explore the power of relationships for your business. And welcome to the Relationships Rule Podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Relationships Rule Podcast. I'm your host, Janice Porter, and this week my guest is a longtime dear friend of mine, Patty Gilbert. Patty is a premier real estate agent out of Calabasas, California, and has been in this business for many, many years, representing over 3,000 clients, probably more at the time of this this recording, um, and is very well respected in the industry. I'm very proud of her from a friend's standpoint, but I'm also very impressed by the work that she has done and does do. And I'm gonna bring that into the conversation. First, I just wanna welcome Patty. Welcome. Hi, Janice. Hello. Um, My my BFF. (laughs) From afar these days, of course. Isn't um, isn't Zoom great? Yeah, it's fantastic. What would we do without it? The reason I wanted to interview Patty now is because I think it's so important to understand in just in the world today, how important relationships are and particularly in the real estate industry, because I know your industry has changed a lot and so many people today can just go online and look for what they want. And I saw something in your um, profile, actually, Patty, that I thought I I would just want to read it because I want you to speak to it, that you have stepped in and embraced the new technological and social media venues of doing real estate via the internet. You have created access to internet applications that allow your buyers and sellers to view properties at their leisure. Now, I'm just jumping right in. I'm going to go back a little bit in time as well, but I think this is relevant right now. And can you speak to that? Like, is it like if you can't beat them, join them? Is it about making sure that you become that resource for what they're doing as well? Yeah, I think you just said it right there. If you can't beat them, join them. Um, All of my clients have access to every internet real estate site out there. And so what I have done is I usually set them up either on my board of realtors site or I set them up. Uh, the one that I really like is called Redfin. Oh, sure. and, and Redfin, um, somehow they managed to grab the new listings within seconds of a realtor putting it on the multiple listing service where other, others take 24 hours. So I set people up. There's a way that I can communicate with them through the Redfin site. So we are both seeing exactly what it is they're looking for at the very same time. And I can talk back and forth. Like, did you guys see this one? It just came on the market. I think this might be a good fit for you. So we talk via these internet sites that I set them up on. Smart. So when you set someone up on, on a site, do you know when they've looked at properties um, separate to them being on there with you? 100%. I can see what they're looking at. And the most important thing is that I'm really hands-on too. So if I've got my phone in my hand and somebody, something pops in right away, 
I will immediately respond to that buyer right away and say, just something quick, take a look at this, mm -hmm. you know, or something like, did you see it? Because I want them to know I'm right on that same page with them. I'm there to help them. I'm not going to respond to them at nine o'clock at night when it comes into my phone at 1030 in the morning. It, having access to these sites and responding as quickly as you can shows the client that you're interested in them, that you care about them, that you're looking for them. So I think that's really important. Totally. And I think that, again, in this crazy world that we're in um, and the uh, competition in your industry, um, it's important to show your clients that you are working for them and that they can feel confident in what you do. So as you're doing that, I'm guessing that you're also building relationships, right? That's what it's about, building that trust that in them, in you. Um, so you said something to me just before we went on, on air. So the majority of your clients are referrals. What did you say, 90 something percent? 95% of my entire business is past clients or referrals. And I happen to be very lucky because over the 31 years that I've been doing this, I've more or less built a clientele that are really terrific people. Mm -hmm. And I really do feel that good people know good people. Mm -hmm. And if you work with somebody that doesn't necessarily fall into that category, for me, I can pass that person off to another agent and get a referral fee for that. Right, so you can choose to work with who you wanna work with, and that's- I, I like working with people that I wanna work with. I have literally gone through some clients where I wanted to commit myself to an institution. <laughs> and I just don't wanna do that anymore. Yeah, you, you've earned your stripes. I've earned my stripes. And yeah. I think that if you work smart you can manipulate yourself into a clientele that you enjoy working with. Yeah. But if you don't work smart, if you just think, well, you know, I'm going to get everything. I'm going to take everything that comes my way. If all it takes is one client to suck the life out of you while you're working with seven, eight other people and the other seven, eight other people fall by the wayside because that one person just monopolizes all your time. Well, but okay, so when you, I know you've mentored some um, new agents along the way as well through education in your company and, and just personally uh, taking some people on. What do you tell them then? Because they would want to make sure that they take whatever they can to get started. So, you know, that, that's a really good question because when I first started out in, in the dark ages, um, <laughs> I used to do what's something called floor time. Yes. And at the time, Everybody was looking through the Los Angeles Times and they were looking through little like, you know, half an inch by half an inch pictures. And the only phone number that was on the ad was the office phone number. We didn't have cell phones necessarily. So the phone calls would come into the office and that's where I would pick up my buyers. And I'd say, you know, I'm off the floor at 12 noon. Would you like me to meet you at this house? Mm -hmm. And I would meet them and that's how I would pick up buyers. Or, um, or I would do somebody's open houses mm -hmm. and, and people would walk in. And if you were good 
at communicating with people, which is really important in real estate, that's the way you entrust a buyer um, to work with you. And of course, ever since then, everything has changed. Nobody takes out pictures in, in you know, the, the newspapers anymore. Everything is done on the internet. And now with COVID, I mean, we can't do open houses, obviously. We can't do brokers open houses, obviously. So everything we do, we do virtually. So that's why the internet becomes a really important tool. And you communicating with your client through the internet becomes even more important. Otherwise, there are these buyers running amok, calling any agent that they want. You have to endear them to you so they trust you, that they know you're looking after their interests, because they could really pick up the phone and call anybody. Yeah, so when you're talking to a new agent, are you still suggesting that they take more than you might now because you can be choosier? Well, here's what's really interesting. I'm, I'm sort of at the tail end of training somebody else. I kept saying to myself, I'm not going to train anymore. I'm not going to train. I ended up training a girl where, you know, one of my clients said to me, she's been a service advisor at BMW for nine years. She wants to get into real estate. She's really good at what she does. Patty, would you please train her? Well, you know, this is a client asking you yeah. this, so you really can't say no. As it turns out, she's absolutely fantastic and she's wonderful. So the most important thing right now, because nobody's doing open houses or anything like that, is I got her into um, a program with a guy by the name of Brian Buffini. I don't know whether you know who he is, but... I, I know who he is because you trained me on him a long time ago. Oh, did I? I can't, how could I have forgotten that? Well, Brian is all about referrals. Yeah. Everything is referrals. Um, his mantra, ask, give, receive. If you ask some front, but somebody for business, they will give you business and you will receive their referrals in the future. And I've totally believe in that. And that was the first thing that I had this girl, Christina, do, and she did it online, was one of Brian's courses. And that, of course, teaches you, so who do you go after for business? Well, it turns out that her husband is a uh, sheriff. So maybe the best thing to do is target the people that you know. Work with the people that you know, the people that know that you're not some awful real estate agent, but they trust you as well because they, they trust her, they know her. Target the other people that you know, the people that you did go to school with, the people that you worked with, especially you've got a, excuse the expression, but a Rolodex, <laughs> nobody mm -hmm. uses that anymore. Yeah. And this thick, because it's got all your, your past clients that came into you at BMW and know that you took right. care of them. So that's where you build your business. You, you go with the people that you know, that already know and like you. So here's a, here's a, um, some, a friend of mine from um, Wisconsin. He was telling a story once about, we were talking about building relationships and, and uh, staying top of mind with clients. And he through um, his growing in his businesses, he bought and sold three houses over 15 years. This is a true story. And each time he used a different realtor. Why do you think so? Because he didn't like the one he had. No, because nobody stayed in touch with him. Not oh, one person stayed well, connected. Yeah. So what do you say to, to realtors about that? 
because that's huge. Yeah, it's, it is absolutely huge. Um, one of the things that I like to do is like every three, four months, and of course I can't do it now, I like to take a group of past clients out for dinner. Oh, nice. And I usually take maybe three couples and I always like to get like a little gift that I bring to the table, something that reminds them of the last house that they bought with me. So it kind of breaks the ice. I don't always pick people that know each other. So that's your networking at the same time. Absolutely. Ding, ding, ding. I'm networking at the same time. So I'm putting people together that I think would really like each other, have some kind of commonality. Mm -hmm. Um, But, but, I break the ice by giving everybody a little gift to try and see if they remember why I gave them this gift in the first place. So the story of being an escrow with me will come out and they'll share this funny story. Like I remember giving somebody just a stack of Monopoly money. And when they opened it, they just started to crack up because they knew exactly what it represented. It's like every time they turned the corner in escrow, the seller wanted more money for this or more money for that. And we were gonna back out of escrow. Or, you know, We weren't gonna have nothing to do with this house. So it was all about how much more money the seller could get off my buyers. So, so I do little funny things like that. I, I kind of approach little get togethers with humor. So it, it really breaks, it breaks the ice. The second thing I do, I mean, your send out cards business, it, it, unbelievable. Um, I just don't do it enough. And I keep meaning to do this um, because I think I need to get more into the personal side of it by sending anniversary cards, birthday cards, things like that. You're really good at that. And I just, I find myself it's, it's bad time management on my part. I'm not sure. doing this ahead of yeah, time. Yeah. And that's, that's very common. I mean, you yeah. can, you can pre-program those things, yeah, which is fine, but you probably don't want to do that because you want to personalize them. I do. You're I good at that. To the personal. yeah. Personalizing so, and, it's really important. And you right. know, with me, Janice, I like to stay on that humor side. You're good so, at that. You've got a great, quirky sense of humor. I so I think we'll, we'll relook at that in, in a way that maybe will work, but I know you see the, the value of staying in front of your clients and that's huge. Absolutely. So that doesn't happen that you don't lose the client just because, you know, somebody I, I know in the real estate business once said to me, I want to be their number two because the number one falls off the wagon and doesn't stay connected. And then they want to make sure that they're still there. Um, mm-hmm preaching to them. So, you know, everyone's got their own way of doing it. Now, I know also that you, um, I'm going to read this from, from your bio too, because I think it's a great um, piece and I think we can discuss it. Patty values her real estate successes, but her personal success comes from helping others. Known in the community as being an advocate of education, she strongly supports the fundraising efforts of the local schools. When not cheering on the teams, which of course we can't do in person now, they're not happening, but the concept, she also contributes her time and charitable donations to, and I don't know if you still do, to the uh, Pacific Boys Lodge um, and local animal shelters and breast cancer awareness. Whatever it is, I know that you're involved in the community and that keeps your name out there too in a very positive way. 
Yeah, I, I really believe in giving back to the community. I think that, you know, we happen to have a very wealthy community, higher end community, but we still have problems in our public schools where we don't have enough funding or oftentimes, especially in our elementary schools, the teachers have to go out and buy yeah. some of their own supplies. Now, granted, there's no school going on right now. Our kids here are still virtual yeah. learning right now, but I think everybody needs to contribute to their local community. Now, in doing so, sometimes you can get, for example, if I give X amount of money to the Calabasas High School football team, I get a big banner across the fence. And that's a good way of keeping my name out there. Sure, absolutely. You know, Patty Gilbert supports the Calabasas High Coyotes with a big paw print, you know, right yeah. in the middle. Um, so I think, I think you get sort of a twofer you support your community yeah. and yet you still get exposure in the community. And so you're such a great supporter anyway. You're such a <laughs> competitive uh, and sports supporter. So um, I think that that builds your, uh, your reputation in a positive way for sure. So I know that you were a teacher in your first life. <laughs> and how did you, I don't even remember how you got into real estate. I know you worked in, in entertainment before you got into real estate when you moved back to California, but how did it happen? Well, if you recall, I was married when I came back to California. I do remember that. And yeah. then I was not married. <laughs> yeah. And I really wanted to, to sort of pick a job that I could make sure that every morning I could drop my son off at school and be there every afternoon to pick him up. And with real estate, all you have to do is say to a client, if a client would say to me, well, can we go see this house at 2.30? And I would say, I have another appointment at that time. Can you do it at two o'clock or could you do it at four o'clock? Because I wanted to make sure that I got my son home. I got him a snack made. I was so fortunate to have both my parents who at the drop of a hat, We'd come over and stay with, with my son while I went out and worked. So I, I went into real estate so I could also be the best mom that I could be mm -hmm. in terms of, of having time to be there, to be in the carpool lane like everybody right. else. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I know that's really important. But that brings up another point about that career, about your career too, being a realtor. Because I, I work with a lot of realtors and there's there's this kind and there's this kind. And so there's the ones that, that, that don't manage their time that way. They, they seem to be very scattered and seem to be, they drop everything for a client call, which I understand in one way, but in another way, it makes whoever else they have that appointment with that they're now switching less valued. And I love what you just said about, I have an appointment at that time. Could you do this or this? So you're not saying, you know, I have to go pick up my son at school. It's keeping it business oriented. But I think that there's lessons to be learned from that by other realtors who, who don't um, portray things in the right way, I guess would be. The, I think I'm going to point it. Can you see this? Uh, not, now I can. This is yep. my telephone. Yeah. This is my lifeline. Yeah. And the one thing that I have learned more than anything is that I have pre-programmed my phone with messages that say uh -huh. things like, 
I'm with a client right now. I will get back to you as soon as I can. I'm on the other line. I will call you back as soon as I'm done. Anytime a client texts or calls me, I hit one of those pre-programmed messages so they know I've seen their call, I've seen their text, and Patty will get back to us as soon as she's done. And sure enough, as soon as my appointment's over or wherever I am, I'm literally pulling away and I'm calling that person. And they can hear me in the car. They know I'm in the car. And I said, I just finished my appointment, but I wanted to call you back first. I always say that to them. Yeah. Um, And it makes them feel like you got my text. I can always count on you that you're going to call me back. Yeah. There's the trust factor again, right? That's really Mm -hmm. something. So I know that you, um, that you work with clients from, you know, the young, uh, starter home up to the very, um, uh, um, don't know what the term would be, but you know, that, that need a lot of attention people, uh, in the entertainment industry, um, big, you know, uh, uh, executives in, in companies, how are they different or are they different? And, and, you know, how do you, how do you deal with that and still keep your, uh, you in control? Well, first of all, when you're dealing with starter home clients, which are usually the young, younger people, um, you aren't dealing with them. You're dealing with their parents. Oh yeah. Quite often. Um, I guess that is the case. And I can tell you right now that my starter clients, parents are more difficult to deal with than my celebrities and top, top clients. Um, because the parents want to look like heroes. Mm, like, you know, I'll show property and they'll, you know, they'll say something like, oh, you don't want that because that wall closes it off and it's going to cost $32,000 to open it up and we're not going to pay for that. I mean, everything is drama mm-hmm. all the time with the parents. Um, and the kids kind of look at you as if to say, help me. You know, and and I will normally say, well, you know, while I understand that, um, some people like to have a house that's a little bit more compartmentalized. What do you guys think? And I turn to the kids. So I try and redirect the conversation as much as I can. And in a way, that builds my relationship with those two, because now I'm on their side. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden, two weeks later, guess who I get a phone call from? Friends of theirs. Mm-hmm. who want to buy something. So-and-so-and-so-and-so were telling me about they went and saw a house with you. They really liked you. So while you have to understand that the bank of children is the parents, yeah. your client is still the kids. Yeah. It's still, you, you have to, they're the ones that are going to live in the house. Now, the other end of the spectrum are generally people that have bought and sold so many homes. They know the process. They know what they're looking for. Um, Most of the time when I'm dealing with celebrities, I may see them once and never again. Some I don't even see. You see their buyer rep, but you are always dealing with their business managers. And they are really, really hard to deal with because they're 15% (laughs) comes from protecting their client. So they're going to create problems all along the way to show their client how good they are at managing them. (laughs) So um, are you more likely to be the, the uh, 
buyer's agent for a high-level client or the, or the vendor's, the seller's agent? Well, it's, that's a great question because I represent a lot of buyers, but you know, now that I've gone through a cycle of representing buyers, I mean, I'm closing my eighth listing in the last two months um, tomorrow and, and they're all listings. And these are all past clients. I've sold them the house. Now you've got to sell them. Now I'm selling their house. Then you have to. A lot of them are moving. A lot of them are moving out of LA. So I'm now referring them. Ah, yes. Other agents. Again, those are those relationships that I have. You know, I have a guy that I have in Denver. I have two people in Chicago. I've got two people in New York. So I've built up these relationships along the way. So I know that my clients leaving here are going to be taken care of. So let me know when you need a Sotheby's agent in Vancouver because I'm absolutely. (laughs) Do I already? I think I might have one in my Rolodex. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. Um, You know, I think I'd be having lived in Vancouver for, you know, eleven years myself. um, I think it would really depend on where they want to move to. Of course, you know, the West Van and North Van is a whole different ball game than you know. I have them. I have several. So yeah. um, yeah. Um, always come to you. Um, so I have two questions. One is, um, I know you liked, you used to read a lot. Do you still read? Or no. Do you, no. Okay. Um, do you find that that's taken up with, uh, watching television or, um, you know, are you more of a TV watcher or movie watcher or podcast listener? Okay, first of all, I, I did, I used to like to read a lot, but my, I, my vision yeah. has gotten not really great in, in, you know, it, it, it's just harder for me to read and focus on the words. So I also find that when I come home, I usually have dinner. And then if I want to watch TV, I watch something completely mindless. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because I don't want to think. Yeah. You know, I don't, I, I just want to watch something that's kind of fun. And knowing you, you still got your phone beside you because clients might be calling. All the time. <laughs> All the time. It's actually propped up on a little <laughs> stand. So even if I'm watching the TV over there, it's right here and I can see if it lights up. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So one of my favorite words is curiosity. Um, is there anything in particular that you are curious about? I am always curious about learning. I love to learn. Me too. And if I could learn something new, I'm happy. That's cool. So I, I just, I never want to stop learning. I feel the same way. I think it keeps me young, you know, and, and, uh, and relevant, right? Relevant to talk to people that are younger as well. Yeah, I, I, it was very funny because I was watching another sort of, um, virtual podcasts the other day and I don't usually watch this stuff because I've you know how much more can I learn about real estate but I watched this lady and she said something so interesting she said um I've learned not to use adjectives and I said and I was like what does that mean and she goes let me explain to you she goes how many times have we as realtors always used words like 
the entertainer's kitchen or the spectacular view. She says, we always have to attach adjectives. And when we use too many adjectives, we lose the buyer. Because we're so busy, we're so busy trying to describe everything that we don't give them the curiosity to go see it. So they can't learn for themselves. And I thought, wow, that's, that's pretty amazing. And now as I'm writing things, I'm trying not to use adjectives so much to describe things. So the home has a view. And, but it's not spectacular, it's not horrible, it's not ocean view, it's just a view, and then they can experience that when they see it. Exactly. Yeah, I love it. And, outside, and you know what? So many times realtors make a huge mistake. Like when they're showing a house, they turn the corner and they go, and this is the kitchen. Well, duh. <laughs> there's a stove, there's a sink, it's the kitchen. But when you, if you listen to what your clients want, so for example, if I, I've got clients that all they care about is a big center island. So when we turn the corner and look at a house, the first thing I say to them is, look at this great center island. Yeah. Because now I'm pointing out to them that this is what they want. Yeah. Or if it doesn't have it, I will say something like, but you guys, look at the space for a great center island. It'd be easy to put in here. So when you listen to what your clients want, rather than take them on a mindless tour of the house and this is the kitchen, you know, (laughs) you have to hear what it is they want. So I understood from listening to this woman that we get caught up in adjectives or we get caught up in taking them on a stupid tour. We We have to let them be curious and learn for themselves that this is the place that they want to live. I love it. So um, from the perspective of um, relationships, and we'll wrap up with this, just do you have a few words to share with my audience about whether whether they're a realtor or whether they're buying or selling real estate? What would you give them, give a piece of advice about? Well, I, I have had a mantra that I've really used for years and years and years. And that is, there are no problems, just solutions. And I really believe that no matter what you are confronted with, if it seems insurmountable, it's not. There's, somebody said to me, oh, that's kind of like there's a lid for every pot. Well, yeah, there is. But sometimes people look at it and they've got all these pots on the sink and they've got mismatched lids in there from an old set and they find the ones that fit or create a solution to the problem you have. And I tell my clients this and it makes them feel so good to know that I will always find a solution to whatever that problem is. That's a great um, piece of advice, I think, because uh, then people can really know that once, number one, you're listening, and number two, and you're working in their, uh, for their, um, their better good, and also that, um, that you care. Yeah, and don't be afraid. Like for me, at the end of, of a closing, I always find something personal, a personalized gift. Mm-hmm. Like, like right now, I've got two of my big favorite clients um, in Hidden Hills, and they learned, they started to learn to play Mahjong. 
and I'm having a custom set, which I had to get on a waiting list for, oh, wow. a custom set hand-painted for them. Oh, wow. And I just found out this morning it's on its way. Mm-hmm. And this is the kind of thing that once it comes to me, <clears throat> I don't have it sent to their house. I bring it to them. Yeah. I want to see what they've done with the house. And I also want to take that time. There's that ask, give, receive. You know, if you guys were really happy with the way everything went, I'd love it if you'd refer me to your friends, knowing how much I loved them. Yeah. Good people, no good people. So that's, that's sort of my wrap up. <laughs> love it. I love it. Thank you so much. So if anyone's in your area and wants to get hold of you, how would they do that? Would they connect with you on your um, real estate website or on, are you on Facebook? More? Well, I'm on Facebook. Yeah. Um, but also I think the best way is to just email me. Okay. Um, and so Patty, um, we put that in the show notes if that's okay. Is it? Yes, your, absolutely. Your Gmail account, right? My Gmail account. Yeah. Okay. That's, that's, that's probably the easy way. If for some reason it ends up in somewhere else, try Facebook. <laughs> okay. All right. That's wonderful. Thank you so much, Patty. And, uh, um, And to my audience, please let us know uh, your thoughts. And thank you again for listening. And remember to stay connected and be remembered. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast today. If this show has inspired you to reach out to connect to someone new or nurture a current or past relationship, and you think that others can benefit from listening, please share this episode. If you have feedback or questions about the episode, please leave a note in the comment sections below. If you would like to receive automatic updates of new podcast episodes, you can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or Stitcher or from the podcast app on your mobile device. Ratings and reviews from my listeners are extremely valuable to me and greatly appreciated. They help the podcast rank higher on iTunes, which exposes my show to more awesome listeners like you. So if you have a minute, please leave an honest review on iTunes and remember to stay connected and be remembered.